Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Womb Podcast. This week I have a really special episode with my friend Hannah Maynard. Hannah is a clinical herbalist. Um, She was also a student with me at the Northeast School of Botanical Medicine and she's a really inspiring human. I love Hannah so much and she came on here to talk about her abortion stories. Um, As I've talked about before and as we talk about in this episode, sharing abortion stories is really impactful. I think it's important for us to normalize the experience and hear more about it. It really helps take away the shame and the feeling that you need to hide what's going on. Hannah talks about her journey with not telling anybody and in turn not really having any support as she went through these experiences and now she feels a lot more empowered and talks about it all the time and understands how important it is to share. So I really appreciate her coming on here and sharing with all of us. And I hope that this inspires you all to share more of your own stories as well. And just one note, uh, there's a bit of background noise in this episode, and I apologize. Please bear with me. I'm, you know, I'm an amateur at this, but I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Um, I put links in the show notes so you can see how to get in touch with Hannah if you need an herb consult or any sort of inspiration. She's a really special person and always teaches me how to love myself and feel excited to do self-care. Thank you so much, Hannah, and thank you everyone for listening. Okay, hello. Um, I am Hannah. I am a clinical herbalist. I just school and at the Northeast School of Botanical Studies and I am now living down in southern Florida and beginning my um, herbal medicine practice. Amazing. Do you feel like you have a specialty? I, I wouldn't say that I haven't nailed down my specialty and my niche yet but I would definitely say that I'm most passionate about, well, what got me into herbal medicine was experimenting with it for my own mental health purposes, Mm -hmm. Um, just like struggling with depression and anxiety as well as insomnia is what initially started it for me. Um, And then also just using food as, or herbs as medicine, herbs as, Herbs as food medicine, I guess you would call it. <laughs> I don't know how you say that, I think right? that makes Herb- sense. Herbs as food medicine. Herbs as food medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So just like, all around like mind and body and spirit together is what um, intrigues me the most. Great. And yeah, so today we're going to talk about your abortion stories. Um, yeah, if you like... How do you want to talk about it? How how do you want to start? Um, I mean, I guess I can just we can just get right into it. I've had three abortions. Um, Sorry, you just cut out I'm right 20... there, right when you said how many. <laughs> I, I cut yeah. out. Okay, so I've had three abortions. Um, I'm 29 now. I had my first one when I was 23. The second one, I was 24, and the third one, I was 25. Wow, 
Is that right? No. Yeah. Wow. Three in a row. I didn't even realize that they were one year apart. And it's crazy because they all happened at the same exact time of the year. Really? Yeah. Like within like two or three weeks of is like the time that I got pregnant with each one. So I don't know if I meant to have like a summer baby or something, but it was all around like October, November. Whoa, that's so weird. I know it's super weird. I guess, I don't know if I'm like super, I don't know, my body's just like ready at that time of year or what it is. It's like Leo, Leo, Leo. But yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like, we, we want Leo baby. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting, huh? I know it actually really tripped me out like the first time the second time I was like that's a little bit weird and then the third time I was like what the hell is going on yeah that's crazy so I'm interested to see like when I do have a baby and just like go through with it like if uh if it's gonna be a the same time of year yeah yeah that's so huh that's so cool that's when your body's like most fertile I guess maybe I guess there's gotta be something to that there has to be right like I don't it's just written in the stars but it's like that's my time whoa okay that's so cool well yeah so yeah so, to hear like how they went and what it was like and I'm sure each one is super different so yeah tell us yeah so the first one was 2013 um it was with so it was happened with a guy that I had recently been dating but we had just broken up and it was just like uh I remember it was Halloween and I was dressed as a cat (laughs) (laughs) and also with all of them as funny as that like all of them happened when like there was no like they all were during sex when there was no it was all pre-cum like there was no ejaculation really yeah, which I also because I heard recently that like it's either someone has like sperm in their pre-cum or they don't, and it's never an in-between. I don't know if you know if you have information on that, but yeah, they were all like, "Wow, that. that's so interesting. That's pretty wild." I know, cause like I, I know, cause you think that you're gonna be fine, and then you're not. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I was twenty. And I had just recently broken up with this guy, and that's who I got pregnant with. Um, I was in California, and um, you know, I didn't really know. I didn't know anyone. At least I didn't know if I had known anyone that had gotten an abortion. I did. I wasn't aware of it, and so I didn't know anyone who had gotten an abortion. I didn't know anyone who had had children. It was all pretty new. Um, I had no information about it. I. Um, Ended up going to, I think it was a ho- a hospital in LA. I don't exactly mm-hmm. remember. Um, and I would say out of the three of them, it was definitely the most, I don't want to call it comfortable. It wasn't a comfortable experience, but I felt like the least, um, I felt the most supported compared to the other times. It was like with a woman, a woman doctor and I had a, an abortion oh, doula. Which I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know, like, what a doula was or about doulas or anything like that. So I remember, like, walking into the room and I was like, who is this? They were like, do you want someone to come sit with you? And I was like, I was like, sure. <laughs> and I thought it was super, like, kind of, I, like, loved it, but I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, who is this random <laughs> person holding my hand? <laughs> but it was nice because I also was under the impression, like, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that, like, my boyfriend couldn't come into the place with me. So I, like, made him sit outside 
and so then this random girl was in there and she was just like talking to me and holding my hand and so that was really nice and I felt like definitely like way more comfort comfortable and supported um but I really didn't like know what was going on or like what was gonna happen I feel like they didn't explain like now I realize that I had like a um DNC right when they scrape it out yeah, so that was what I had the first two times. Um, but I just wasn't really – and I was super freaked out. Like, I remember they had, like, the thing under me where, like, they put everything in, and I was just – and I kind of saw it. Um, oh, but the craziest thing is – so before all this happened, I went to a pregnancy mm-hmm. clinic, which was actually, like, one of those religious uh, places that try and convince you to yeah. have a baby. And I didn't know that at all. I didn't I had never even heard of them. So I went in there, I made an appointment, and I thought that they were gonna like help me make an appointment with a place to get the abortion. But no, no. But no, not at all. They gave me an ultrasound. They printed out the like little thing that shows you the the fetus or whatever. Um, and they sat me in a room with like a TV and all these brochures, and it's like these brochures of like this is Katie and she got pregnant and she wanted to have an abortion, but then she decided not to. And now she has an eight year old and she can't imagine her life. Oh, without that's so it. fucked up. It's so fucked up, dude. I was, and I didn't realize it at the time. And then when I went to go get the abortion and I told the doctor this, she was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I was like, is that not normal? And she was like, no, like they shouldn't, t- they gave me a due date and everything. And the thing that tripped me out the most was, the due date was June 22nd, yeah. which is my brother's birthday. And at that point in time, my brother was, like, very heavy in addiction. And I'm kind of superstitious. Mm-hmm. And I had this, like, theory going on that, like, everyone I knew that had a baby had either someone close to them had died right before the baby was born or right after. Oh, man. So I was, like, all tripped out. And I was, like, if I had this – I basically was, like, if I have this baby, my brother's going to yeah, die. Yeah, that's so scary. So scary. So, yeah, that was, like, super – I remember – I think I – honestly, I think I still have the freaking ultrasound printout, like, in one of those, like, weird memory boxes, like, under my bed. So, how did you find this pregnancy clinic? I think, like, a Google search. Okay. I think I just searched, like – I have a feeling that I – because they like disguise themselves, right? On and they say pregnancy clinic, which doesn't really describe what they do, you know. Right. Like I thought it was just going to be like a Planned Parenthood right. type situation or something like that. Um, but I think I, I think I googled like abortion clinic or something like that, and it and it came up because it was nearby where I live. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I, they were just going to like tell me what to do and like. I don't know, maybe explain some options because, like, I had known that, like, you could either get, like, the DNC or the pill because my roommate in college had gotten okay. the pill. And I basically just, like, wanted to talk to someone. I didn't know that I was, like, going in for, like, my first checkup, basically. Yeah, so how did that experience end? Like, how did you get out of that and then to actually getting an abortion? So... Basically, when you're there, like, they do all that. They do the ultrasound. They give you the due date or whatever. And then they, like, put you in that room with the people. 
And I think, I don't remember exactly how it ends, but I think they basically just try to convince you, like, I think that they want you to leave there being like, oh my God, like, I would never get an abortion. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that they just want to, like, hear you say that. I don't really know what, I don't know. It's honestly really fucking weird. Like, what are they even getting out of it? Like, I don't understand what the obsession is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why are you dedicating your whole life to making sure that, like, really young women, like, have no information about, like, what it's like to have a child or not, and then just, like, giving them a brochure about some random fucking girl named Katie. I remember her name was Katie in the brochure. So it's not like they really give you any education, right? Like, there's no discussion about options or anything like that. It's just, like, scare tactics. Yeah, it was all scare, scare tactics. And I think that they said, like, oh, here's, like, I think there was, like, a, I don't know, like, a group of, like, young moms or something like that that you could, like, like, a kind of, like, an AA-type support group. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, really cultish, honestly, is, like, the way it feels to me. Like, just, like, religious cult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how those have always come across to me. I've actually never been in one, but – um they're scary. Like, there was no windows. It was honestly really fucking weird. Yeah, it sounds bizarre. So then where uh, did you end up after that? Like, where did you actually get the abortion? So I can't remember exactly where I was. I was in L.A. in California. Um, like, I was going over all of this and making notes the other day, and I realized that I've honestly forgot so much. Yeah. Um, I remember what the place looks like on the inside, but I don't remember, like, anything else about it. But, yeah, so I was in L.A. somewhere, um, and I don't know what it's like in other states besides New York, but in California, it's, it was, like, $800 to get it. That's very expensive. It's so expensive, and at the age of 22 or 23, however, I, I was 23, Yeah. Um, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money anytime to just like randomly have to drop 800 bucks. Yeah, and like quickly, yeah. like you have to get it together very soon. Luckily, I had like a good job, so I had the money. And the guy that I was dating was supposed to split it with me, but he ended up not. Um, so, and I think after that, um, that was a pretty. My body healed pretty quickly after that. How far along were you? I was um about like I want to say five, five or six. Okay, weeks. it's pretty early. Yeah, it was pretty early. How did you know um, that you were pregnant? My period is like clockwork. It's never late, ever, ever, ever. Like since I got my period when I was twelve years old, like my period is it's either like one or two days on either side but it's never late so I think I was like you know a week or two late or something and I just knew it and I bought my first pregnancy test ever like I'd never taken one before and I remember like I took it I didn't tell anyone was going on besides my boyfriend at the time and um I took it without him and he actually got mad at me he was like really I can't yeah, he was so, like, mentally abusive. Oh, my God, it was crazy. He was like, I can't believe you took it without me. And I was like, what? Like, what do you want me to – like, do you need to be sitting right there on the floor like, put on a <laughs> stick? Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. He's one of those, like, people who – yeah, like, one of those people who's just, like – like, I would go just, like, so controlling and possessive. Like, I would go hang out with my best friend. He's like, I can't come. And I'm like, no. Oh, man. Of course not. 
So let me take my freaking pregnancy test in peace. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was really tough. With all of them, I was just with, like, emotionally exhausting, abusive men. So he, I mean, he would, like, you know, took me there or whatever. But as far, that's about it. Like, as far as everything else went, like, not, like, financially or emotionally supportive at all. Um, But honestly like nip that in the bud like if I had had a child with him I would my life would have been really tough yeah yeah absolutely so yeah and then the next year got pregnant again the same time of year um with the person I was dating at that point in time and this was actually like this one I remember the least about it was like just a whirlwind of crazy in my life like the guy that I was dating we were just partying all the time um he was like a recover I I guess not even he was an addict Mm -hmm. um and it was just wild and so I either I, I was trying to remember but I either dropped out of school right before it happened or right after okay and I want to say right before, and I think that, like, it was kind of just, like, everything was downhill from that point on. Um, So, yeah, I got pregnant in, like, October, November. I think I was the same, like, maybe six, seven weeks along. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was in L.A. as well when I went to go get the abortion. I didn't, like, have any experience with, like, a pregnancy clinic or anything like that this time around. I think I knew better, but still kind of at a loss as, like, what to do. I didn't go back. I don't know why I didn't go back to the same place. I think that I was, like, I'm, I feel like I was embarrassed. Like, I didn't want to go to the same place twice or something. Yeah. And, like, mind you, like, I hadn't told anyone about any of this. The only person who knew about, like, the first one was, like, the guy I was with and, like, I'm I'm pr- probably my best friend because I was living with her, but I didn't talk about it at all. Like, I was so ashamed. Like, I felt like I was such a bad person. Really? How come? I don't know. I guess because, like, you hear so much negativity around abortion. Like, there's really – like, not now in my life. Like, now there's it's, like, such an open topic in, like, my life and with my friends and, like, just the way I feel about it. And, like, there is so much support around it and, like, people who are – for it and like think that it's you know it's a freaking it's your right to do whatever but like I feel like at that age like you hear so much negativity around it and like especially like oh my like imagining telling my family I was like that made me want to like die yeah yeah so they were you don't think they would be supportive um well actually eventually like not this time but the third time I did I ended up calling my mom to like because I was like I don't know what the hell to do and like she was actually way more way more supportive than I expected I thought she was gonna like rip me a new asshole you know like like, no she was actually really sweet and like super motherly but I was like terrified I was like because I think that like going along with it's a lot. I mean, like, it's a huge thing to do, like, not only, like, to your body, but it's, like, then you have, like, this, or at least I, like, have this kind of guilt around it, like, oh, like, I feel like I played it out in my head, like, oh, like, what would my baby be like, and, like, you know, all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, and, like, there's just a lot of emotion that surrounds it, Yeah. and then also, like, feeling bad, like, you're doing something wrong, and then also feeling like you fucked up, like, oh, like, 
I did this and like now I have to do this and like also I'm like it made me like evaluate all the other things that were going on in my life like oh I'm with this like terrible person who I would like literally never in a million years want to have a baby with so what am I even doing Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's it becomes so much bigger than just like the situation it is Right. It's not just like black and white, like, oh, I'm pregnant and I'm going to get an abortion. It's like, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm going to get an abortion. And like, who am I and what am I doing with my right. life? <laughs> Which I feel like it's tagged along to like everything. Right. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. It's Sunday. I ate a sandwich. What are you doing with my life? <laughs> so, yeah, it had a lot. It has a lot of, I think, like, if you, and then like, you're, I was so young, like 23. And this, I mean, like, to me, like, that's still such a young age. Like when I look at a 23 year old now, I'm like, you still have, there's still so much ahead, you know, and I'm only about to be 30, but still like so much can change in five, six years. Definitely. And yeah, I think 23 at the time you feel like you're an adult and you've like, I don't know, like, you know, exactly what's happening sort of, you know, but you're just so, you're flailing. I'm like, you can't, exactly yeah you have like a huge chip on your shoulder like I've done college or I've done this part of my life in high school and I'm like gonna be a human now I'm an adult I know I know everything and you don't know anything and you don't realize like how quickly (laughs) everything changes constantly right I'm like I actually didn't know fucking anything yeah nothing at all (laughs) like just a little baby (laughs) Oh my god, I know, but like no one. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like it's always like that though. Like when I was ten, I was like, "Dad, I know everything." <laughs> like, who are you to tell me? <laughs> I'm like, does it ever go away? It never goes away. I guess. I, <laughs> I think maybe we just like start to realize that we don't know as much as we think we do more and more. But right. yeah, we still always think we know exactly what we need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, how did you, um, like, was it a hard decision for you to make or was it just like an automatic, this is what I'm doing? Yeah. So the, those first few times, like it was automatic. I was like, I mean, maybe I think that I more so thought about like, cause I've always wanted children. Like I've, I wanted like five, 10 children. I like picked all their names out when I was little, like wrote them all down. I was like, I'm going to have four girls and six girls. Oh <laughs> I just always wanted, like, like I was obsessed with the Brady Bunch when I was little, and I was like, I just want to have, like, this, like, cool, big family. <laughs> I felt the same way when I was a kid, too, actually. That's funny. Yeah, you know, like, it's just, like, the idea of it is just, and, like, I come from a really small family, so I feel like I always, like, crave just that, like, you know, like, big holidays, and, like, because, you know, when you watch, like, a family movie, like, it's always, like, these huge gatherings, and, like, everyone's having so much fun, and, like, yeah. even though it's not real life, it's, like... <laughs> Yeah. Like my, my family no gathering are not like that. Yeah, right. Everyone's like, we love each other. <laughs> so, um I'm I think that I, I definitely played it out in my head. I was like, Oh, like this would be like I think I was more like, Oh, I wish that like this situation was different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I would have a baby if it was with like a different guy and I like, you know, if ands or buts, like whatever, everything, if everything was different, this would be great. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was pretty automatic because I was, I was very aware um, both times that like the people I was with were like not people I was going to be with my whole life. And that like the, 
situation was very toxic and that like bringing a person into that situation would be a terrible idea for that for the baby you know yeah well it's so good that you were able to see that you know like that's so hard to be able to acknowledge that a relationship is toxic or the person is toxic yeah yeah it's crazy and I feel like even though I realized it like I wasn't I wasn't like getting myself out of it but like the thought of bringing anything or anyone into it was just like hell no which like is so great my that guy actually reached out to me like last month and I was like oh my god thank I'm like dodged another freaking bullet that was I'm like holy shit Hannah (laughs) (laughs) what were you even doing (laughs) when some you lose (laughs) them well you won you're not with them anymore I did. I won. I did. Thank God. But yeah, that was crazy. He was like, um, he was there in like the best way that he could be. He was like also very troubled. And like I said, like had, was like struggling with addiction and, um, I think showed up like the best that he could honestly, which like wasn't very much, but he wasn't intentional. Um, Um, but the whole situation was so weird and, like, very disconnected. And I went to this, like, I think it was, like, L.A. hospital. Um, and it was, like, a male doctor, which I don't really like male doctors. Like, nothing against them. They just, like, don't make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, thought – I don't know why I thought, like, male gynecologists were weird. <laughs> I mean, I feel that, too. It's like that frat boy Halloween costume. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is creepy. Like, I don't know. And and I'm always like, am I making it weird? Or like, are you weird? (laughs) (laughs) But like, you can never really tell. (laughs) No, it's so true. But yeah, that was like, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that like, when I go into these situations, it's like very, um, it's like this very like, almost feels like this like stage situation that's very cold and very awkward and like there's no it's not personable at all there's no like like recognition of like oh this like young woman's about to go through like an experience that like can be very intense you know right it's just like I'm going in to like get checked if I have like strep throat or something yeah Yeah. so and I think that's like what puts me off about it the most is that you're kind of just like but I feel like that's just, like, how the medical world is in general, like, very dismissive. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, like, heart in it at all. And it's, like – and I get that it's, like, hard to be a doctor and, like, deal with, like, people day in and day out. But I'm, I'm just, like, not that kind of person. Like, I'm very, like, emotionally invested in things. And I think that people need – you need support sometimes. And, like, whether or not the doctor can give it to you. And, like, that's why I think it was so cool, like, with the abortion duel. Like, that – definitely like having someone even just like hold your hand even if they're a complete stranger is like makes a world of a difference yeah just add some humanity to ex- to an experience that can be like very cold yeah sometimes. that's what it, it all felt so cold like if you like just imagine like laying on like a cold like steel table like that's what the if it was like you know yeah yeah so I went to this one in L- this place in LA and they like drugged you- drugged me up. I think I think really. Yeah, they like gave me 
I don't know if they gave me like I don't know some super strong like ibuprofen or something with like I don't know have had like codeine or something in it and then like all or no they gave they gave me for sure an anxiety pill like I don't know if it was like Ativan or something but it fucked me up and I was like in this weird little room on this like table and this like you know, weird male gynecologist guy comes in and he's just like, all right, we're going to do this. And I was like, okay. And I'm basically like knocked out on the table and uh, they just do the thing. And then he just like gets up and leaves. And um, yeah, it just, it just feels weird. Yeah, that sucks. That's not a, oh yeah, that feels like very, very, very cold. And like, yeah, I'm like, all right, like uh, you just like literally like like, violating almost exactly that's how it felt to me like okay this is a really weird like example but have you ever gone with your cat to the vet yeah and they know and they like hold the cat down and like they have to like stick their finger in their butt yeah (laughs) okay that's what it felt like to me it was like someone just like rampaged in the room stuck a bunch of shit inside of me and then walked out without even like shaking my hand you know what I mean yeah, and then you're just left, like, sitting there, like, what has happened? Right, and, like, really vulnerable. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's just, like, the way it's gone about, and I don't know if that's, I feel like that's the majority of the way it goes about. I'm sure there's, like, doctors out there who are definitely way more, like, my gynecologist that I have now, I'm, like, obsessed with her, but um, I feel like for the most part, that's kind of how it goes down. Yeah, definitely, and even, like, normal exams, I feel like you just kind of come in and and they do their job. It's just like you're a number, not a person. And, you know, they're just like going through protocol. They're not like taking the time to let you know, like what's going on and, and helping you like move through a thing that can be really sensitive. Like no matter how you feel about what you're doing, it's so, it's, it's just like, yeah, having somebody come and, and like put things inside of you. Yeah. Like, like it's, you're a being big, it's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like, it's not even, like, there's no explanation, you know? Like, they don't come in and they're not, like, it's, like, basically once you, like, sign up to do it, it's, like, okay, obviously she knows what she's getting herself into, you know? Right. But it's, like, yeah, not really. It's, like, I feel like I didn't even really understand the first time that, like, my insides were being, like, scraped out, you know what I mean? Right. They don't explain that. They're just like, they just do it and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I even feel that most of the time getting like a pap smear, like it can be something as simple, but like putting tools or hands inside of your body is like a really intense thing. Like even if it's something very simple and I feel like there needs to be so much more like reverence for that. Yeah, it is intense, especially if it's like, you know, if you have like trauma or anything like that like it can feel very invasive and for to just assume that across the board everyone is just gonna be like yeah I'm ready do it let's get it done you know it's just like but I feel like that's just like kind of the attitude about a lot of things especially in like health and like with just women in general yeah yeah and especially women I think especially women's health issues Right. It's just, like, not – it's not given the time or attention that it needs. Yeah, no attention. And even if it gets attention, it's, like, not the right attention. Right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'm just curious, like, with the drugs they gave you, did they, like, ask you if you wanted that stuff? Or was it just kind of part of the process? They did. Well, I guess they asked me in, like, a way that, like, you, like, you, I mean, I could have said no, but I think it was kind of like, all right, now we're going to give you this. And, like, right, okay. what it was. And, like, I was fine with it. I mean, at this point in my life, I was like, hell yeah, Xanax. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, give me more. <laughs> so I was like, sweet, I'm getting fucked up at the doctors. <laughs> um, they did, yeah. I, they, I think they offered to me in a way that was like, I mean, depending on who you are, I feel like you could probably feel like you couldn't say no. Like, they weren't like, this is an option. Do you want it? It was more like, all right, we're going to give you like this ibuprofen or whatever it is and this like out of van for anxiety. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I definitely think because they give it to me, they gave it to me before, like I, I was there for like, I don't know, maybe an hour or something. And they gave it to me like 45, 30 minutes before to like let it set in. And I think that it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Like, I think that it's good because I'm sure that some people do like freak out and get really anxious. But I think I just thought it was interesting like to even do that, to just like give someone a, like a Xanax. I don't know. what. Yeah. What do you think? I feel, I think it's, I think it's interesting too. I feel like most of the time they don't really do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like from, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really hear about that that often. And I think it can just to do that. Kind of what? Kind of like gracious to give you that option. But if, if, as long as it's an option, but I think like a lot of times yeah like abortions are not really like treated gently you know they're like they don't really explain um they don't often give you like a muscle relaxer or pain management it's just like this kind of rough and cold procedure even if they're doing things to like make it a little bit nicer like adding a doula or something like that which is definitely happening more and more but I feel like the actual medical process is pretty like It can, it's not like brutal, but there's not much to soften it up. Right. It can be intense and uncomfortable. And I think it can be nice to like lessen that. Totally. Like 100%. I mean, I thought it was, I just thought it was interesting because I was like, wow, they're giving out like, like free Xanax, but it made sense to me. I was like, because I was super anxious and like not. And it can, yeah, I mean, when you take a little Xanax, like, you just feel nice and warm, and so that's, it's not a bad time to feel that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It can definitely make it a lot more pleasant and manageable, even mm-hmm. if you feel okay about it. It's just, like, just I think, that, like, you can, yeah, you can be totally fine with it mentally, but it still, like, feels uncomfortable, and it, like, being in the doctor is usually not pleasant no matter what so having like any sort of aid mm-hmm. like I would love to take a Xanax going to the regular doctor so right kind of yeah, like, they just hand them to you at the door like great in those little like little paper cups you're like thank you <laughs> seriously they don't think about it like that though like we're wonderful and we know everything yeah I'm like actually I hate you <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. They should give you little, us little like Xanax lollipops. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh yeah. 
sign me up. I would go to the doctor all the time. Yeah, I would definitely go to my yearly checkups if that was right. <laughs> like, I love it here. <laughs> well, like, when we were little kids, you got a sticker or, or a lollipop, like a real lollipop. So now that we're adults, we should have Xanax lollipops. Exactly. Oh, my God. Or, like, this, like a CBD one or edible one. Oh, my God. Uh, amazing. Hell yeah. I'm if I I'm gonna do that in my practice. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Hell yeah. I'm like, don't forget your lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember like how it was after the abortion? Like with when you feel like the doctor just kind of did it and then walked out and that was it. Like, did you have a recovery room or anything like that? Or were you just kind of like patted on the back and sent home? Yeah. So it's actually really, I don't know. I, I, this sticks out in my mind so much. So at this specific time during the second one, like I, I got really like fucked up from eating that Xanax that they gave me. And I remember I had this water bottle that I loved so much. It was like a reusable water bottle. And I think I fell asleep, like, while he was doing it because I was just, like, literally, like, toasted. And he was, like, all right, I'm done and just, like, walked out. There was no recovery room. It was just, like, basically, like, you can sit here for as long as you want. Um, but, like, I don't even know if they, like, told my who I was with that I was, like, done or anything like that. But I remember, like, got up and just stumbled out. And I was with um, – my boyfriend at the time and I forgot my water bottle <laughs> I remember, like <laughs> I didn't realize until we got home and I was so upset and I think I mean of course I was just like hormonal I'm sure mm-hmm. and also just like fucked up and just had an abortion and was like all over the place but I was just like hysterically crying about my water bottle for so long and um yeah there was no really like end to it it was kind of like all right like cut the cord we're done now like I'm gonna go do my next abortion oh I, man that's so that's so intense mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just like and I always wonder like I mean I yeah like I wonder like what the doctor feels like like what is their like look on that like <clears throat> like is that just, like, the way that they're taught to do it, you know? Like, don't – because, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the times with, like, doctors, it's, like, don't invest yourself, like, in your patients and, like, things like that. Yeah. But I feel like there has to be, like, exceptions depending on what's going on. Like, you can't just, like, act like that all the time. Like, of course, if someone has, like, strep throat and you're, like, walking in and out just to check them and, like, prescribe their medicine, it's, like – I feel like it's more understandable, but, like – why is it okay to just, like, walk in, do that thing, and then, like, leave someone, like, fucked up with their pants down on a table? Like, right. All right, have a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that in itself is, like, super invasive. Yeah, it totally is. And just, like, doesn't make sense to me. And, like, I feel bad. And I feel like for just, like, the kind of person I am, like, it definitely affected me a lot. But I think I was just, like, all right, that was weird. But, like, all right, I'm going to go home now. But for some people, like, that can be very just, like, belittling, I guess. I don't really know what the word would be. Just, like. Yeah. Like, kind of leave you feeling, like, really empty. Definitely. Yeah. that's, That's exactly how it sounds. You're just like kind of abandoned, I, I think is the feeling. 
Yeah, definitely. Like really vulnerable and like kind of, I don't know, I I think like kind of taken advantage of in a way that you're just like 100% not it's just like so not human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, because it doesn't just end there. Like for, for the person going through it. And like, for me, like, it didn't just end there. I mean, I remember like, even like, now that I'm thinking, I'm like, so all over the place. But um, even like, I'm thinking about it and like, leading up to it, like, I was super depressed. That time, really? That time of my life is so blurry. And I'm like, piecing it all together now. But yeah, like, I think that was like, one of the biggest clues, like, I mean, my period is late, so I was like, okay, shit. But, like, I feel like when your period is late, you always just hope that it's just, like, gonna come and that you're not actually pregnant. But I was yeah. also super depressed, and I remember, like, I was so angry. My hormones were all over the place, and I remember, like, kicking my fr- my roommate out of the house. I was like, you can't be here today. <laughs> like, <laughs> not for any reason, just other than that, I was, like, so depressed and so angry, and, like, also pregnant which I hadn't known yet but I was just like all over the place so then like you know going having all that going on and then getting it and then like it doesn't just end there like you you carry it with you for like a while like whether it's because you're physically healing or mentally or like your your you know your hormones are trying to get back into place or whatever it is yeah Um, like no matter what it's it's like an experience that you definitely are like embodying mm mm-hmm whether that's positive or negative, it's it's just, like, something that you have to carry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, I mean, did you have any more support the second time around than the first? Were you, like, talking about it at all? Um, I was living with my best friend at the time, so I, I had her support. And, I no, I wasn't talking about it to anyone other than her up until – um. So I got, like, the third one a year later, and up until the third time, like, when I called my mom, I had never spoke about it ever to anyone besides to, like, the guys that it was with and my best friend. Wow. Even if someone, like, brought up, like, oh, I had an abortion, like, I wouldn't even tell, I wouldn't be like, oh, like, I've had one too. I was just, like, so, I just felt so ashamed. I don't know why I really let it, like, make me feel like I was, like, a fuck up or something oh man I'm sorry that's really hard yeah it was like I fucked up and like and then you know one time then it was like two times and I was like three times and I was like oh my god Hannah like you aren't you I was like you don't learn your lesson like what the fuck are you doing you keep and then I was like you keep getting pregnant by these like fucking idiot guys that like but the thing is is like the third time I wanted to have the baby I was like so I was when I got the abortion, I was 12 weeks pregnant. I was, like, literally two days before, like, the cutoff day or whatever. Yeah. They were, like, if you wait any longer, like, we can't do it legally. Um, and I was in New York. At, or I got it done in New York. But this was, like, the craziest. I was also, like, 25 going on 26 and, like, definitely a more, like, spiritual on this, like, spiritual whatever I was on and I was in Spain when I found out Mm -hmm. so I was like traveling through Spain I was living on this like off-grid community in the middle of the desert and my freaking I went from a size like double d or triple d to like an f bra wow and I was like and it didn't even cross my mind and I don't know why like I don't know if it did and I was just like denying it or 
what was, if I was just like busy because I was traveling, but my freaking tits were gigantic, <laughs> like huge. My mom was like, holy shit. And like she went and took me to buy a new bra and I was like, neither of us were like, oh, like what's going on? We just thought I like gained a bunch of weight rapidly in like three weeks. And like, <laughs> was like, I looked at a picture the other day and I was like, holy crap, like my freaking boobs were like popping out of my body. That's wild. So I was in Spain and I was peeing a lot. I was peeing like seven times a night. And so I like had to, I like secretly hitched the ride into town and I like had to look up online like how to say pregnancy tests in Spanish. And I like went to this little like bodega thing or whatever and like got a pregnancy test and turns out I was pregnant. And so I like called my best friend and I was like, I, like, wanted – I tried so hard to keep it secret, which, like, now looking back at it, it makes me kind of sad. Like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to keep it, like, such a big secret. Yeah. So I flew – my friend had to buy me a flight because I had no money. I flew from Spain to California, and I was – went to go trim to make some money so that I could pay for the abortion. hmm I was, like, living in some, like, sketchy-ass trim house, like, sleeping on a mattress on the floor while I'm pregnant. And, like <laughs> – like, <laughs> It's sort of like a movie scene. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> so I, like, called the guy, and he was, like, so – it was he was the worst, like, literally the worst ever. He was like, oh, I'm going to come meet you. And, like, he was so mean to me. He was like – I was like, I'm going to keep this baby. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't know if I was just saying that. I, I really did want to, but I also knew that I couldn't. But I was, like, hoping that someone would just be like, yeah, Hannah, you can have this baby. But literally no one said that. Yeah. <laughs> So I, like, I called him. I was, like, I'm having this baby. He was, like, you're just being a hormonal bitch. Like, saying all this crazy shit. And oh, I was, my like, God. It was so bad. In hindsight, I'm, like, wow, I'm so glad that you, like, I'm, like, kind of thankful that he was mean about it because I feel like if he was, like, let's do this and I had a baby with him, like, not that I would regret the baby, but, like, having to have that person in my life ever again, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Would have been horrible. So he was like, all right, like, make the appointment. At this point in time, I was in California. He was like, all right, make the appointment, and I'll drive down from Oregon and meet you, and, like, we'll go together. And I was like, okay, like, that sounds great. Doesn't show up, doesn't come to California, doesn't call me, just, like, completely blows me off. So I didn't go to the appointment, and I called him, and I was like, I'm not going. I'm having the baby. You didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you can't have the fucking baby. That, 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 that. And I was like, he, you, whatever. You know, it just got all crazy. And I'm like in this hotel room with my two friends. And they're just like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I have to call my mom, I guess. Like, And I thought that I was going to call her and tell her that I was going to have a baby. And that she was going to be like, oh, my God, great. Like, come live with me. I'll help you take care of it. <laughs> Not what happened. <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm pregnant, and I don't know what to do. She's like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? <laughs> and I was like, well, I just, don't, I just don't know what to do. And she's like, Hannah, you can't have a baby. <laughs> I was like, but why not? She was like, you have no home. You have no money. You know, went through the whole list of things. And I was like, all right, I get it. Like, <laughs> I get it. And she was like, and that guy, like, you know, he's just the worst. 
Um, so yeah. she was actually really sweet. She like booked my flight to New York and she like made the whole appointment for me and everything and like literally took care of everything and took care of me and That's so nice. It was really nice of her. Like I was I honestly thought she was gonna be like, You're disgusting, what are you doing? She was just like such such a mom. And That's great. Yeah, it felt really nice and so in New York I guess I don't know why, but it was free. I didn't have to pay for it. I don't really know, like, the laws of New York, but... Or, like, maybe it was covered... I think I was on her insurance at that time still. Yeah, sometimes in New York, it's covered by insurance. Yeah, so she's a nurse, so she has really good insurance. So it must have been that, because we didn't have to pay anything. That's amazing. And that... So, like, before all that, I had a... Like, I was really... I don't know if it was, like, my hormones or, like, my soul or both. But, like, I felt really attached to this baby. I was, like, this is, like, my baby. Like, I'm going to – you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, this is my baby. I'm going to have it. And so I had to do, like, a little – I had, like, a little ceremony in the bath where I just, like, you know, released the spirit back into – because I, like, was reading all this stuff at the time, and it was, like, you know – I don't know if you've ever heard this, but basically it's, like – while you're pregnant, like, the spirit of your your baby, like, comes in and out of the body until the baby's born. Have you ever heard that? I have, yeah. Yeah, so I was, like, okay. So then, like, I was, like, there's still time to, like, release it. And I was, like, you know, had a little ceremony and just, like, apologize and, like, release the spirit back into the ether or whatever. And then went home and had the had the abortion and it was actually the most like exhausting experience out of all of them because yeah so my best friend took me to the clinic and we sat I was actually talking to her about it earlier we sat in the clinic for I was like I didn't know if I was just like being dramatic in my memory but I thought it was like five hours and she told me it was like seven wow why I it was I don't know it was so full I mean there must have been like 30 other women in there that day. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And probably even more because we got there at like 9 a.m. And we were there all day long. And there's people in and out. And, yeah, we were in there for like I think in the waiting room for like five hours. And then like I went in the back for like another two. And they put me in this like weird little closet holding room. It was literally a closet, like a coat closet with like a little – um chair in it and they were just like wait in here and I was like okay so they put me in this coat closet and I could hear them doing like the vacuum aspirations from the closet Mm. so I'm just yeah sitting there waiting like had just waited all day no one's really spoken to me and then they put me in this closet and then I'm just like listening to this happening and it made me so like sick to my stomach a little bit because it's just like I don't know it's just really it's not like a nice sounding thing and like No, that noise feels really intense, yeah, I think. Yeah, and like so just aggressive. Yeah. It definitely is. So they put me in this like closet and then they took me into the like room and they put me to sleep. Um and you know that song Blackbird by the Beatles. Yeah. So that song was playing and it was like Blackbird singing the dead at night. And, like, that was, like, the last thing I remember before, like, falling asleep. And it was actually really nice. I felt like it was very symbolic. Yeah, that feels really symbolic. Yeah, just, like, a little bird flying away. Um, 
Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and then I woke up, and then they put me in, like, a waiting room for a little while with, like, other girls who just had it done, and just, like, you just hang out, and that was nice. But they didn't give me any um, pain medicine afterwards, which I was actually really surprised by, especially with how far along I was. Yeah, and if they, like, put you under as well. So I was having contractions for, like, two weeks after Oh, man. Were you bleeding a lot? I was bleeding so much and I had so many contractions. Like, oh, my God. Contractions are no freaking joke. No, they're not. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) They're so insane. (laughs) Like, I, you know, you always hear about, like, yeah, like, she's having contractions. But, like, when you're actually fucking having them, like, oh, my God, they're painful. What did you do for them? Well, my mom's a nurse, so she had, like, some, she had had, like, some ibuprofen with, like, codeine in the house, and, like, I was, like, taking that, and then just, like, sitting with a heating pad, and honestly, when they would happen, I would just, like, turn over and, like, scream into the pillow. Oh, man. And my mom was, like, damn, like, because, you know, she knows what they feel like, like, they're so intense. It makes me, like, so scared about having a baby. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it feels different. I mean, I don't know because I haven't had a baby, but I like to think that it feels different because, you know, there's like progress happening or something. But I I think they're pretty fucking terrible no matter what. I had no idea. (laughs) Like, I didn't even really understand like what a contraction was. Yeah, they're brutal. Damn. Yeah. And it's just like. And for a couple weeks, that's really intense. Yeah. For two weeks, like, you know. It wasn't, like, all day long, but it would be, like, a couple times a day. And, like, I was just so shocked that they didn't offer anything for it, especially because, like, I don't know. It was, like, a basically, like, a, a little mini surgery. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I would say that time was the weirdest for me, just, like, being in the closet and waiting and just, like, having to be in it for so long. But as far as, like where I was like mentally and like how I dealt with it I think that it was like the most the most peaceful I guess yeah it sounds like it it sounds like you were in a better place yeah and like more I don't know it just sounds more taken care of and supported and like comfortable with it yeah for sure and like it may it just like reaching out for help is so important it really is. And like and there's like no shame in it and I think that's such an important lesson to learn. 100% like feeling shameful about just feeling shame in general is a really shitty feeling, but like especially when you're dealing with such an intense thing at any age it doesn't even matter and to like feel like you have to go at it alone just because you don't want to be judged is so shitty and like yes. the conversations around it and like you know, shaming people and women for, like, wanting to have abortions or, like, needing to have them, I think it's just fucking bullshit. It is. It's so <laughs> It really, up. really is. It really is. It really is. And, like, and I, so I think – oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I feel, like, so lucky that, like, I, I live and, like, I'm from, like, two very more progressive states, like New York and California – Mm-hmm. Where, like, there's literally hundreds of options where I can go. But so even, like, if I – even when I wanted to keep it a secret, like, I was able to because I could literally just, like, get in my car and go 20 minutes away. Whereas – Right. 
in other places it's not like that and it's like so fucked because if you do feel like you have to do it alone like it's almost impossible yeah absolutely you definitely need I think you definitely need support to do it like in some places where you have to drive like 12 hours and then you have to stay overnight because they won't do it same day or even for like a couple nights because they put you off for a few days Mm -hmm. it's really like it that stuff is really problematic and I, yeah, it just makes it so much harder than it already is. It's just cruel. Like, I don't know what it state is. I was in or who I was talking about this with the other day, but I had just I just drove through the South, and someone was telling me, like, whatever. I don't want to say Georgia, but it might have been, like, maybe Arkansas. But basically, there was, like, one abortion clinic in the entire state. Yeah. And I'm just, like, it's so fucked up. Like, you're really putting people into a corner. And then, like, you know, people go out and do, like, sketchy things. Right. And that's the problem is, like, you know, minimizing access to abortion does not make people not get abortions. It just makes them way more unsafe. And, like, that's how we end up losing people because Mm -hmm. they do, like, these back alley abortions or, like, even herbal abortions in a way that's, like, not regulated or safe and it's really problematic. Like, yeah, I think, you know, the idea of prohibition is never anything that works. Never. People are still going to do it and they still need it. Right. And like the idea of like assuming that everyone who gets pregnant and like wants an abortion, like putting this like um, image that like they're just like this irresponsible human it's like I got my period when I was 12. That means since I was 12 years old, I could get pregnant. Like, right. 12 years old is, a, like, I might as well be a baby. Like, you're, you're like, so little in the world. Like, you don't know anything. And, like, it's, it's, say a 12-year-old has sex or, like, doesn't, like, you know, whatever happens. It's just, like, blows my mind that everyone is put into the same box. Yeah, right. And that there's, like, any expectation that you should be able to, like, give birth and then raise a child it's a huge huge thing like I feel like I'm not ready now and yeah I I just think like we should always be able to have that option to be ready when we're ready right exactly and like shit happens like the situations are always different and I am so thankful that I was able to do it because I think back to like those situations and like where I was at in my life and like the men that I was with Oh, my God. I was, like, in such a dark place. Like, so, 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 so dark. And, like, had I not been able to do it or had I, like, been so afraid to, like, tell anyone or just so afraid to do it out of, like, shame and fear that I didn't, like, my life would be seriously, like, a living hell. Yeah. 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 Imagine, like, everything would be so different. Oh, my God. It makes me, like, whew. Even thinking. Yeah. I'm, like. That shit would be crazy. And then you're, like, putting a little person in the position. And, like, that's how, like, shitty patterns get repeated, you know? Exactly. That's where, like, trauma comes from and all of these, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, all these terrible cycles that we can never get out of. That's exactly where they come from. Exactly. Yeah. Like, bringing someone something else into the situation that can, like, just soak up all of that and then perpetuate it. For even further right yeah it makes the cycle so hard to break I think abortion is self-care <laughs> it 100% is like yeah and like 
you have the right to do whatever you want with your body and handle a situation however you need to. And, like, I was, like, thinking – I don't know how to, like, go about it, but I just want to, like – there should be, like, abortion, like, I was thinking, so when that, like, crazy shit was going on in, like, Alabama or whatever, when they were, like, putting all those abortion laws in place, I was like, we need to have, like, an abortion underground railroad. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, there's kind of things like that. There's this group called Women on Waves, mm-hmm. and they help people get abortions in international waters, so they, they like, oh, do this wow. on boats. Yeah, because it's, international waters are neutral, and right. so they help people get abortions that way but I agree I mean like I think that there needs to be more more people who can provide abortions Mm -hmm. I think that's super important and and then I feel like that could exist totally and just like more conversation about like I I I'm like so into talking about it now and like I remember like my friend had to get an abortion and she was so scared and like I had never told her before this was like you know when I just started opening it up about it and I was like listen, like, I've, it's, I've been through it, like, we can talk about it, and, like, even just that, like, because she thought she was the only one of, like, her friends who had ever had to deal with this, you know, and, like, I think sharing your story is so important, and just, like, in whatever way, even if it's just, like, like, I seriously feel like I just bring it up randomly, I'm, like, I've had an abortion, (laughs) yeah, I feel like at this point, I don't know, it feels like kind of a badge of honor, (laughs) yeah, seriously, (laughs) like, And I didn't even realize, like, that I know so many people who have gone through it. And, like, whereas when I was going through it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, the freaking black sheep. Like, you know, like, I should be shunned. That's where I really feel like having space to share people's stories is so important. And, like, did you do you know about Shout Your Abortion? No, I saw you write that. And I was like, is that, like, did Kaylee make that up? No, so there's this group, um, well, this woman who's based out of Seattle, she, like, started this kind of internet campaign, like, she just put it on Instagram or Twitter, maybe, Um, I actually interviewed for her for this, so I, yeah, um, her name's Amelia, and she just, yeah, put that she had an abortion, and she had, like, quite a bit of an internet following, and then a friend who's a writer, Lindy West, um, who, like, shared it and then it went viral and it started this whole thing of all these people online sharing their abortion stories and talking about it and now they do like meetings and stuff all around the country and they Uh have like a book and it's just this whole big thing for people to share their abortions and just like promoting that the importance of that and I think that sort of thing like I wish that that was around yeah for for everybody like it definitely helps it 100% does. And like, yeah, just I'm going to look into that. That's awesome. Yeah, just to know that like, you aren't the only one and that there's so many people in so many different like phases of life mm-hmm. from all different types of backgrounds that are getting abortions. And it doesn't make you like any less of a person or or make you a fuck up or anything like it's pretty I mean, it can be hard to get pregnant, but it can also be really easy to get pregnant. And it's just like, it's one of the oldest things that's been happening forever. Like people have always been able to do abortions and have that choice. And it's just, it's a part of life and it doesn't really change who you are as a human. Right. Exactly. And I feel like if you like the less that we feel shameful about it and the less that we feel like it's, it's something that like we 
we shouldn't like tell anyone or you know that we feel bad about like then it can actually be an even more like you can be more present in the experience like it's not like this thing that you want to just like get in and get out you know like for instance yeah. with, like me and my like the last time I was like okay like I'm gonna actually like send this on its way like in my own way because that felt important to me and like whatever in whatever way that like a person needs to deal with it is like you can fully embrace and embody that when you're not trying to like hide from the situation and like the emotions that you're feeling because you feel like they're bad and wrong yeah absolutely and I think that that allows you to like process it and Mm -hmm put it in like to embody it so much better and so much more like healthy for you yeah exactly and like take back like you're kind of like taking back your part in the situation rather than like feeling like you have no control kind of yeah it can make it so much more empowering Mm -hmm. yeah exactly very empowering yeah well I'm glad that you got to have that I think that's so special thank you me too it was it was it was special and I was even gonna go to like I don't remember what it's called but there was like this temple in Oregon and they have like these ceremonies for I I don't know if it's mostly I think it's like mostly yeah I think it's only women maybe it's like families but I think it's only women but basically they have these like ceremonies for women who have had like miscarriages abortions or just have lost children in general Mm-hmm. I never ended up going, but I thought that it was, like, a really beautiful thing to just, like, go and gather with, like, other people who – because I always thought, like, oh, like, if you have an abortion, like, it's not the same as having, you know, a miscarriage or whatever. And, of course, the situations are completely different, but, like, the feeling is the same because, like, maybe you don't always want to have it, but, like, your the situation in your life is not set up for – a child you know yeah absolutely and I think oh I totally feel like yeah it's not necessarily the same but it's still it's still the same like it's right you go through like a postpartum period Mm -hmm. yeah it's a loss it's and it's like kind of life that you carried and like you were able to create something and however it like releases is how it releases and it still can be something that you honor and have space for yeah, 100%. I think that's cool. I want to find out what that's called. Yeah, I actually got an email from them the other day. I'll send you the name of it. I think they – I don't know if it's, like, this specific branch of, like I, – I think it's Buddhism maybe. I'm, I have to look back into it. I was, I'm terrible. But um, they have them all over, like, these ceremonies. Cool. Yeah. Temples. So, like, yeah, definitely a good, like, good information to pass on to – anyone who is dealing with anything like that who would be interested in in doing like a ceremony and it's nice because then you're in a space with other people who on some in their own way are experiencing something similar to you like at least as far as like energetically you know right yeah yeah that must be I feel like that would be powerful just to be around like a ton of other women who've gone through something similar Mm mm-hmm I mean, even just being able to talk to other women who've had abortions, I think is like, it feels very special. It does. It's so comforting. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, oh, I'm not like a, like a psycho mean bitch. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Yeah. 
No, you're not in any way. <laughs> no, no one is. We're, we're just figuring it out. Yeah, and getting to do so is so crucial. True. I do feel like I'm super fertile, though. Is that like a- Yeah, it sounds like you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a fertile myrtle. <laughs> Can you be more, like, more fertile, though? Because I thought that you just, like, you just, like, drop your egg. I mean, you do, but I think that there's, like, ideal situations for conception to happen, and some people have those and other people don't. Like, it's the same reason why some people are, like, infertile or have a harder time getting pregnant. Like, some people are just really, like, more physiologically, like, ready to have babies. I think – I definitely think that's a thing, and it sounds like your body's, like, gearing up. Yeah. She's like, come on. Yeah. We're ready to make more freaking crazy women. <laughs> Unleash the beasts. <laughs> One day. Do you ever feel like in any of those experiences they were pushing, like, birth control on you? Oh, every time, yeah. Okay. Every time. In- so I have ver- uh, I have varicose veins, and my dad has – my dad had a pulmonary embolism, which is – when you um like a blood clot travels through your lungs right so I'm like I I don't know if this is like actually true but I think my mom she's kind of a warrior and like I'm definitely like was was a hypochondriac so I was just always like even from a young age like my mom like I I didn't wear deodorant because like my great aunt died of breast cancer and there was all that research that came out from like you know the the non-natural deodorants that, like, cause breast cancer. So, like, I just, like, grew up very, like, naturally. Yeah. And then, so I never was even, like, birth control was never even a thought. And then my dad had the pulmonary embolism. He has really bad varicose veins. And they really couldn't figure out, like, where it came from. And so they just assumed it was from that. And birth control can cause blood clots. So I was recommended to, like, not take it just in case I inherited, like, the veins and the blood clots from my dad. Oh, that's good. So every time they pushed it on me, I was like, no, 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 like, I don't want birth control. And then they're like, you can get, like, the non-hormonal, um, uh, what's it called? The The IUD, the Paragard? Yeah, the IUD. And I just, like, I don't know. I'm The idea of, like, a foreign object living inside of me just kind of gave me the creeps. I I feel that. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah, that's totally fair. And then condoms give me yeast infections. So I'm kind of like in this place where I was like, all right, well, what do I do? Like I pull and pray. I, I started, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't always work, but, uh, but then I was like, it doesn't even matter because like all three times was like when like the person didn't even come. So it was like, pull and pray doesn't even matter because it was like the pre-com right so which is wild that's wild to me which is so crazy yeah and like yeah so yeah I'm kind of just at this place where I'm I just try and pay I just pay attention to my cycle and like it's been okay now for four years so that's great yeah I think you know cycle tracking can definitely work as long as you know how to do it yeah I definitely mean and we need to have a chat about that I'm not the best at it I just have a problem with consistency (laughs) 
Yeah, and the inconsistency is kind of key with this. Yeah. But what do you recommend for cycle tracking? Like, and is there any, like, books I can read as for, like, a crash course? Um, I think Taking Charge of Your Fertility is amazing. Oh, yeah. I keep getting recommended that. I mean, it's like a textbook, but it's really life-changing. I think I, when I first read it, I, I just got, like, angry that I never had this information before, and I got totally obsessed with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You read that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I just felt, like, kind of annoyed every time they would be like, you should take – they kind of, like, handed me the pamphlets about birth control, like, with the assumption that, like, I was – wasn't gonna say no you know right yeah like and then when you do they're like wait what (laughs) yeah they're like wait why don't you want to take it like you just had an abortion do you want to have another one and I was like well no I don't but like I also don't want to take the pill like is there something else we can do but it's like they would never talk about like freaking tracking your cycle that's like woo woo they're like (laughs) oh yeah and I mean they don't even know a lot of times like they don't know how to do it Mm mm-hmm And uh, yeah, like I had that experience recently at the doctor and I told them that I tracked my cycle and the nurse like didn't know what that meant. Really? Yeah. And I was like horrified. Like this should be so common. Mm -hmm. At least like a medical professional should know what that means. And they didn't. Um, I mean, that's so shocking to me. But yeah, it's not it's not taught in schools. It's not taught just like regular information Mm -hmm. it's just it's yeah it seems like this woo-woo hippie thing right and it seems like so so crazy to not just get on birth control but that's so short-sighted it's so short-sighted and it's like it just goes back to like the huge disconnect between just like people and their bodies and medicine in general like it's like science and like pharmaceuticals like has not been in the scheme of like human existence that shit has not been around for that long. I mean, like, sure, like, science, yes, but I guess not in, like, the way that, like, we use it now, like, so rigid. Right. But, like, we've been surviving and, like, living through the cycles of, like, the seasons and the moons and, like, you know, we could get real into it with, like, the stars and everything for, like, a very long time. Oh, yeah. Um, Much longer than, like, modern Western science has existed. Exactly. Like, and like intuition and like paying attention to like the the signals and the symptoms of your body is like to me so much more potent and like how many times have you heard someone be like yeah like I was like just had a hunch that like this is what was going on with me for so long but like no one would listen and then they found out like years later that this is what was going on it's just like you know yourself so much more than like we're allowed to think we do Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I hear that most of the time. I feel like that's what happens with me. And today when I went to the doctor, it was great because she just, like, asked me what I thought. She's like, what do you think is going on? Let's test for that. That's awesome. And it was, yeah, it was so cool to to be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I do know what's happening in my body. Like, I know that I'm having all these symptoms and now we can, like, listen to what I think and respond accordingly rather than just being like, no, it's this or right. you don't need testing for that. Yeah. I think that's, it's so important to change like how we're talking about these things. 100%. And it's like really like just trust, trusting what a person says and that their experience is like valid and real. Like I just heard yesterday, this girl talking about how like 
for three years, she was like, I think something's wrong with my thyroid. I think something's wrong with my thyroid. And no one would believe her. And then finally they tested her thyroid and she had fucking thyroid cancer. Oh my God. And it's just like, she knew it. I just got chills because it blows my freaking mind. Like That's crazy. She knew it for three years and no one would test her. And it's just like, what? Like, I don't understand like what's like what the pushback is, you know? Yeah, me neither. Like, right? Why do you have to go so far out of your way to like invalidate what someone's going through rather than just like running the test that takes you zero time? Yeah. And I know like money is a thing, but like wouldn't you be making money off of doing more testing? Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you have insurance, like, you're getting freaking paid. And it's, like, what's a blood test? It's, like. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's just, like, just, like, it's so important to remind people that, like, they can be in charge. They are in charge of their bodies. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there is choice to be had. Mm-hmm. And no shame. And just, like. Yeah, everything is is allowed to be talked about, and someone will support you somewhere. Yeah, for sure. There's so many things out there to get support now. It's just, like, knowing how to access it. Yeah, I'm excited to look into the Shout Your Abortion thing, because that's how it is. I just want, I just want to, like, walk around with a shirt and be like, we can talk about your abortion. <laughs> right? I feel the same yeah, way. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, I'm here for you. and like yeah yeah totally yes it's good to keep the conversation going because there's so many times where I'll talk about something and someone's like wow I've been waiting for someone to say that yeah yeah it's powerful Mm -hmm. it's really powerful well thank you so much for sharing it and is there anything else you want to say oh my gosh I think we covered it all I just rambled for so long but thank you for having me and I just want to say that you know, whoever is listening or whatever you're going through, and if you've had an abortion or you're having one or you're confused, like, you can do it, and there's support for you, and there's people that will help you, and there's nothing to feel shamed about. It's all part of life. Thank you so much, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Enjoy your night, girl. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye.